Hello. What's up, bro? Dude, don't fight me first second in this podcast, please. I I usually like to give you some time to to you know do it to yourself, but today I'm feeling spicy. Um, how are you, man? Today is Sunday. Uh, high I'm, noon. I'm pretty good, man. I'm a little torched, to be honest. This this Cali heat has been torching me, that's for sure. But do you like the torch? I mean, it's more the Cali lifestyle for your boy, but yeah, I do. Um, the Cali I'm, lifestyle is torching you. I don't think anyone ever gets torched by the Cali lifestyle. Well, I'm always mean, kicking some back. Them, some of them aren't. Well, people like me don't do kickbacks, bitch. We we wake up every day and tackle the day physically and spiritually and mentally. Right, right, and, right. So you, when you go to one of your taxing um, Saturday night Erewhon outdoor dining <laughs> meals, that that really hits hard for you. It, yeah, Jason. Because you have to go and you have to wait in the line, and then you have to pick out the food that you want, and then. Luckily, the line the line is not what it usually is, but the fashion is, and that is the the real key to that awful but wonderful hellhole. So the fashion has stayed the same at Erewhon, even though we're in quarantine. Well, People are still dressing. Erewhon's one of those places where you actually see somebody wearing sporty and rich. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like you actually you actually see girls. Your explore page comes alive. Exactly, multiple women wearing bike shorts to have dinner. You know what I mean? It's 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 not normal, but for LA, it is. And is this like a fun little side thing that is starting to grow a little old for you, or are you embracing it and maybe even thinking that it's better than the way other people dress in the world? Um, I mean, the the awful dressing in LA is truly demented and eye-opening um mm. because i mean it's the same thing as the guy that has a g-wagon lives in a one-bedroom apartment and and mm-hmm. it's the same same idea you know what i mean it's just like does new york you have got, that person no because we're out in the streets bro you got to have your fit right once you leave the house because you never know who you're gonna see mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what i mean like luckily i look crispy when we ran to bill clinton that time like what if <laughs> What if I was wearing fucking Lululemon joggers? You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that that picture would have never done the numbers that it did. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and thank you for that. My followers are still coming through. To I mean, pay it's respects an, to that post. It's just crazy. It's it's people dress crazy here, but also the heat is oppressive in a way that it's tough. Like I wore pants last night because the sun had gone down, but that's the first time I'd worn pants in two weeks, probably. You know. Not to change the subject, but uh, fan of the pod, Casey Weisenbecker, sent me a very interesting video this morning. Okay. Of, um, you know, he's a known fingerboarder. Um, <laughs> he is, and, he is. And, and worked with Braindead on a fingerboard. He sent me a clip from your favorite rapper, Chief Keef Sosa's account, mm-hmm. of his new video where he is fingerboarding in the new vid- music video. Man, Chief Keef is the best guy ever. What the fuck, dude? I mean the the world. I mean when 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 fingerboarding first came out, tech decks, I believe. Yeah, that was a pretty big thing. A lot of people had them who were who were not children. You know, like adults had them. Young adults, yeah. I guess. Yes. Obviously, you didn't. Uh, no, because I'm a I'm a smart person. But continue. <laughs> But it, it, it then it kind of went away, and now it's sort of having a little bit of an underground renaissance. 
is uh, uh you know is 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 fingerboarding the new indoor rock climbing oh my god i'm gonna kill myself <sighs> jesus christ dude i can't deal i gotta log off is, I gotta in, log is off. indoor rock climbing a thing that you would do fuck no i mean <laughs> honestly probably because it's like fitness related and it's hard but yeah, that's like, what i'm asking the culture of it I, I don't know if i could do it man i think the culture of it has improved greatly in the last year Whereas before, I like the, it was really, I did not have any patience for it. And now a lot of people I, I know who are cool seem to be enjoying it. That's the problem. Yeah, and there's also those little bags that you get to, I think Lueve makes a bag for the chalk. Yes. Yeah, um, that. Which, that interests me quite a lot. Actually. <laughs> so that is cool. Yeah, if I could spend $700 on a bag to hold chalk for my hands, because I could repurpose that for the rings, you know what I mean? They found a way. Well, that, that makes me wonder. <laughs> That makes me wonder if maybe that is is the future of your of your career and and life in in the future is to be the person who is the consultant for when brands need to figure out how to make the really really expensive dumb thing. I would love to. That would just, I mean, that's like, like a perfect. You know, like Crumb Hearts would hire you instantly. I just saw a video on Hypebeast of a guy skateboarding in his Converse Chrome Hearts. Big, big fire. <laughs> what is big fire? Big, big fire. Because, bro, destroying expensive stuff is cool when it's skateboarding related. Okay. Know? So what if somebody's doing that in some some like Yeezys or something? Not not cool. Because you could Yeezy. argue that, I mean, as, as much as we love Chrome Hearts, you could argue that they're collaboration with converse might not be the coolest shoe of all i was time. i was i was hoping you were to say as much as we love yeezy um <laughs> i would love do they make Yeezy? i feel like they probably make Yeezys in your size because ball players like them so much yeah they exist in my size there's a there's there's a few that you'll see um you know if i'm, I'm doing my ebay bulk search i'll see a lot of that i might be in the market to get you a pair as a little prank <laughs> That reminds me when I bought um, the Fila Disruptors for <laughs> oh, yeah. for how long gone friend turned Tom how to dress well and I he forgot that that's so fucking funny that was a that was a joke that did not <laughs> land at all well because it's too close to something he would actually wear <laughs> it could be that I think what what I learned that day is that the prank gift is something that is really not for everyone. I think. Damn, I would have died at that. That's funny as fuck. I know it is, but then it's just kind of like, well, now I have a pair of feel it. You know, yeah. Do you, it is how long do you is, keep them? Do you just throw them away? Do you donate it is, them? Is, is it a little? It is a little wasteful, but ultimately worth it. I would say. Speaking of, oh my god, Jason, we before, you know before we get to our guest, mm. did you see Gigi Hadid's apartment? <laughs> I did see it. Bro, what the fuck? Are you, how surprised are you? I mean, I'm not that surprised. You like you forget have better taste. You no, because look, you know she's a lot of her. A lot of the appeal of her is 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 things that are chosen and done by other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. but man, the pasta shells in the fucking cabinets. Yeah, they, that were painted different colors. Absolutely insane. Like some of the choices were actually mind-boggling. Some of it's just classic bad, but mm-hmm. like putting up putting up New Yorker covers in your bathroom. Are you, that's that's literally some weird Taylor Swift shit. Is what that reminds me of. 
she's not too far away from that. And that that type of stuff makes you I I I uh I like it because it reminds you that these like cool hot celebs who are out here, you know, living these lives that everyone dreams for, they also can have really really bad taste and and that I don't know if that's a deal breaker for somebody like you in terms of you know Jason you know, I'm probably with I'm, physical relations I'm per, I mean her pregnancy is probably the number one thing that would stop me from that but I mean I I you know it's a turn off for you pregnancy Z- Zane's little bitch ass couldn't you know I mean that motherfucker ain't stopping anybody mm-hmm. um <laughs> Overall, overall, the apartment is is shocking, though. I, I I get, I guess, like I I don't expect much from most people, but that it was aggressively bad in a way that was in your face. Do you think this is the first time in her life that she's going to be online bullied? Oh no, I'm sure. When you're that famous and you date anyone that was in one, one Direction, your life is kind of fucked online. I feel like mm-hmm. the Directioners come for your ass. You know what I mean? The Directioners is that is that really what they're called? I, I I feel like I picked that up somewhere, but maybe not. I don't know. It sounds cool though, huh? <laughs> it sounds it sounds really bad. It's, it reminds <laughs> me of Directioneer, which has then reminds me of like the Lumineer, and then it sounds like a band that is uh, you know that has a has a fiddle in it, but they're also kind of punky. Yeah, that sounds cool. Okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't say that. I sounds guess cool, Chris. You're already well, the- going deep. The fiddle, I mean, okay, we don't have to get into the fiddle and how it's a great piece of, of modern country music, but that's fine. Um, we're, we're gonna wait Damn. to, our, we, we didn't get to, we didn't get to talk about Taylor Swift, the, the album yet, so we're gonna have to do, do that with our guests. I don't know if he has any opinions on it. Well, you know, he is a musician. His, his name's Whitmer Thomas. He's a, he's a comedian musician. He had a special on HBO a few months ago that was really interesting. Uh, his whole his whole childhood growing up, his mom was in, in like an eighties kind of interesting dance band. He grew up around music his whole life, and he's a he's a weird ass comic. So I'm I, sure he I, has something to say about that. I, I would I would hope so. And also, I just want to point out that um, you know, as much as we talk about comedy and awful specials, this is on HBO, so it's different. Okay, this is not Netflix. This yeah. is a little budget. This ain't a little budget special. This is an A twenty four produced HBO Max special. Yeah, man, that's um, you know, and the album and the album came out on Hardly Art, which is a which is a, a label that I remember from my youth. So this this mm-hmm. this guy, this fellow Whitmer, really seems to be hitting it out of the park right now. I agree. Um, and he, and when you're from you know when you're from uh, Florida, Bama, Florida, Bama. I instantly respect you for making out the slums. You know what I mean? Because Absolutely. that is that is a feat into itself. Um, all right, uh, let's give him a call. Oh yeah, <laughs> what up? <laughs> hey guys, damn what? this motherfucker! This motherfucker got a ring light. <laughs> uh, I got a lamp. Okay. <laughs> every every second you waste is the less second that we can podcast. So dig your own grave. It looked like he was. Uh, it, it looked like a like a eighties movie police interrogation going. On. <laughs> yes, it, yeah, it did actually. That's why I thought he got the Amazon budget ring light. He's curious to know my whereabouts. Last Thursday night. <laughs> nice cans. Hey, thanks, man. So y'all do. I was just listening to Bowen's. Hmm. And he's y'all do it usually where you can't. I can't see you, huh? That's, yeah, that's well, motherfucking right. 
that's that, that's the game we like to play, which is somewhat accidental and now on purpose, I think. Yeah, okay, cool. you you can absolutely turn your video off if you just want to go audio and like reflectively look at the wall or something like that. Uh, no, it's cool. This is cool. So what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, dude. I, I'm uh, just, you know, it's a Sunday in L.A. I'm 32, just mm-hmm. t- begging all of my friends to go skate, but everybody has businesses or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, nobody wants to go which is my every 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 weekend where are you trying to go shred fam uh fam hmm. today well you know i really want to go to this new spot that i'm trying to find a pin for i think it's a secret they don't want anybody to know where the spot is but mm. i just saw it in a video on thrasher and mm. my friend who's in the video is being um <laughs> Being kind of coy, he's like, "Let me see if I can find a pen." It's like, "Come on, you know where it is." <laughs> yeah, he knows where the pen is. Now, what kind of skateboarding are you doing? Are you doing like light load, thirty-two-year-old man skateboarding? Or are you going for it and possibly injuring yourself? Um, I am doing question. skating. I like to. I'm not. Uh, I just like. pretty chill you know like i like to grind uh if i there's like a picnic table or a bench in a schoolyard in la that's my ideal classic cali skating really yeah exactly exactly did you skate did you skate growing up oh yeah big time were you good uh not super good no (laughs) i mean i was like good enough to be sponsored in alabama which is you know i'm that ain't bad I'm from Georgia, okay. so I'm very familiar with Alabama. So if you could walk me through what city we're talking about, that would be great. Okay, cool. Let me just clap real fast. Sinking sounds. I don't know if that's going to help y'all. That did. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, let's see. Walk you through what part of Alabama I'm from? or Yeah, I want to hear the whole I, – I feel like I saw a picture of you in a Gulf Shores hat, which really yeah, did something. Yeah, from. Oh, you're from Gulf Shores. Yeah. Why don't you explain to people what that is? Because I'm very familiar, but I think most people that aren't from the South will not not recognize that. Yeah, Gulf Shores is just uh, it's a tourist town down in the southeast in Alabama, a little on a little island called Pleasure Island, which is a man-made island uh, <laughs> in between Florida and Alabama. And it's, it's it's sorry, it's kind of like uh, where everybody from the southeast goes on vacation. Yeah, I, I always think it's fascinating when someone grows up in a place where other people go on vacation. Yeah, man, it was wild. I mean, I would I would always make a, a pal over the summer, um, and then their whole thing. It took them a full day or two to get over that I lived there. Like, <laughs> yeah. they, like Do you live here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, and then the, you know they all leave, and I'm sure you had some romances. I mean, it's it's really like a it's really. It's, it sounds like a TV show to me, you know? Yeah. Oh, tell me about it. it uh, actually, tell Hollywood about it. <laughs> Please. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I think it allowed me to develop some real extreme boundary issues. Um, <laughs> Expand on that, my brother. Falling in love with girls who I knew would probably be gone out of my life in a week. Yeah, <laughs> like, they got... They got to return to suburban Tennessee and leave you in the dust. Some fellas yeah. might consider that to be a blessing, though, Whitmer. I think I started to think of it as a blessing the older I got. But when I was a kid, it was right. you know like younger in high school. It wasn't great. 
Right. Yeah, but right, now, right. but now, but now, as a touring, well, not right now, but you know, you tour doing stand up, right? Yeah, I do. Well, I what? did. Yeah. Well, see, you you already know the fucking vibes, then, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because uh, the whole time I've ever been like remotely successful as a comedian, um, I've had a girlfriend, so I'm not. You know, I'm I'm going to also the types of girls who Whitmer, might, it ain't a crime to look, am I right, brother? That, the, <laughs> hey, you got that right. Okay. There's nothing than checking out a hot girl. Yeah. Just like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, usually, if uh, somebody's like because of my dumbass stand-up comedy, people will come up to me and I'm like, "Wow, look at this! Here comes a smoking hot girl." To talk to me, probably to compliment how cool I am, or something. Mm-hmm. And she, it's always, oh, my mom also did herself to death, or something. <laughs> it's never, you know, like just some horny person. <laughs> or if it's a guy is about to come up to me, I'm like, oh yeah, this guy probably going to tell me how he loves my commentary on emo music, and no, it's usually just like he also has a hard time getting a boner when he <laughs> I mean, fans are the worst. Am I right? I mean, you know, I, I don't, I can't deal, but I don't know. <laughs> did, did you do, do stand-up tours? Were you doing like weekends? Or are you doing a tour like a band? Uh, I did it all. I, I, um, as I, like in the last couple of years, I started to just, I, I started to just go do shows. Like I would do Portland, Seattle, in a weekend, you know? And yeah, yeah. I, uh, but I would just do like rock and roll venues because I started playing music when I do stand-up a, a couple years ago. So that made more sense. But I used to do clubs. I would go for a weekend and often opening for somebody. And yeah. So tell us about opening for Chris D'Elia. What was that like? Um... <laughs> well, I made sure that everybody texted me. I, so like I took the number. I, I basically said, yo, if you want to hang with Chris, you got to text me first. That's smart. That's yeah. smart. Great. You're you're more than an opener. You're a friend. You know. Yeah. And I think that because I'm I, just a friend. Yeah. So I'd be like, Chris, this girl definitely looks way too young. You should talk to her until she's 18. <laughs> <laughs> just talk really slowly, and she will eventually get old enough. Yeah. Uh, how long? Now, how long is an opening set in comedy? What are we looking at? A tight thirty. Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. So, a hot so you, twenty. Damn, all day for 20 minutes, and there's no encores or anything. Are you selling merch? Back then, I was not selling merch, no. But as as soon as you picked up a guitar, you saw that t-shirt revenues. Yeah, man, as soon as, yeah, that guitar, ooh, changed the game. (laughs) It felt less cheesy to sell merch. I I think, I, I, that's why I'm asking. Do you feel weird selling merch? Oh, yeah, it's still embarrassing. I've only had, like, a record out for, uh for since the pandemic so i haven't experienced that mm-hmm. part of selling merch but selling a t-shirt i've had that for a while that feels so embarrassing so like what i decided to do is make the most embarrassing headshot shirt mm-hmm. which is a, a shirt with my actual headshot on it mm-hmm. um and i would just sell that I, I and say like you know um it was, your, it was your way of coping with that well, what, why, yeah. what, what, what are your reservations, or what is your, what your reasoning behind being embarrassed to sell merch? I think uh, my group of comics, like my generation, people around my age, I feel like we just it, there's a lot of shame around self promotion, and mm-hmm. it it took me until 
meeting like the the group of people right below me who felt more comfortable with it. Just you can like, just say Brandon Wardell if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like come to this show, like do this, right? Pit, like really shoving it down people's throats. Buy this shirt, buy this album, whatever it is. And mm. so I, I kind of had, you know, it took me. Honestly, I feel like I might have done better in my career if I would have been more like cool with doing that kind of stuff. Cool earlier. with not being cool. Yeah, or just they. The reason they might also be comfortable promoting themselves more is because they're more talented. Whereas I, like, <laughs> I like don't think I really got anywhere as far as the talent department went. Until I a couple see. Years. But you do feel that now that you have you have enough talent to not be embarrassed to live. Yeah, I think now it's like it's okay for me. I'll still definitely be embarrassed no matter what, but mm-hmm. uh, at least people are showing up, you know. Sometimes that's good. I mean, that any, means any I, growth I might is be good doing something, right? Yeah, yeah. I've 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 struggled with the same same part of of shameless self promotion with with my life and career as well. It's it's a little tough to get over. It, it can especially if you're kind of from a little bit old, of an older generation. It just wasn't really the vibe back then. It was, it was, you looked cheesy. Yeah, no, man, it was, I mean, I look at, like, if I I look at all my old Instagram and all that kind of stuff, and Mm. my old Twitter, it's like, so stupid and pointless, and like, (laughs) yeah, why the fuck would anybody want to come see me, or, it's like, uh, Clay, Clay just ate another taco, or something, (laughs) Who's Clay? What a taco? What do you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I've, I, we, we've talked about that a couple of months ago when I would, I would go back and look at old Instagrams and I would, I'd be like, why did I post taco, taco for the win? As right. like, here's a picture of a taco. Right, dude. My first post on Instagram <laughs> is just a, is just a photo of Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> and I don't know why. I have no you idea. You don't remember why. why. No. <laughs> so you guys, you guys aren't friends. You're not like a big fan of her work or anything. Not really. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's great. But I, she's Look, not. she's a cool chick, but but yeah. but this is before stories existed. Where like that, if if they came out with Instagram stories, that's probably where Carrie would have lived and died 24 hours later. But we only had the grid, so you had what you had to work with. So don't beat yourself up about Carrie. That's Thanks, true. man. I, I really appreciate that. I need Thank- that. Thank God that I was too much of a freak to ever fuck up the grid like that because I'm obsessed with my important aesthetic and how that reflects on my personality. Yeah. You were yeah, an early man. adopter for that. Yeah, yeah. So it's you, important. Good for you. You, were talking, is- um, you were talking about <laughs> skating earlier um, as an activity, and I, I've, I've been thinking about like what the perfect COVID activity is and, and Chris and I have been playing a lot of tennis and I think skating is probably equally as as great for for a COVID activity because you can you can get exercise, you can have socializing at a distance, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're outdoors, it's it's kind of all there. Are there any other COVID And the cops cops aren't fucking with you right now either. Oh really? Yeah, um, no, if anything, the other day me and my buddy were skating under a bridge. And cops are so desperate to be like seen as cool mm-hmm. right now that a cop pulled up and we're like, ah, oh, shit, we're about to get kicked out. And the cop went, do a kickflip. <laughs> God and, damn it. And we were like, we just ignored him. And he goes, come on, guys. Should, should be something. 
<laughs> do a like, kickflip or, or your your ass is going downtown. That's what I would have said. It would have been better if they said, you're get out of here. I will arrest you. So you admit, yeah, that happens to me sometimes too when I'm walking around and you'll see like a, a, a gaggle of motorcycle cops go by and they'll kind of give you like a what's up nod or like a, you know, hey, just checking in kind of kind of energy from them. And I don't, it's it's not something that I feel comfortable processing. No, no way. But yeah, skate, skating has been good in, in the pandemic. Uh, you know, like I've got a couple skate pals that I go out with. Usually our rule is like, we have to, we find a cul-de-sac or a spot where you have to hop a fence. That way, nobody can come near us. They they have to like really go out of their way to oh. come, come to us, and that way we don't like I don't wear a mask when I skate mm-hmm. because right uh, yeah. So you reasons. you quarantine yourself in a, in a certain way. Yeah. So and then you can let your hair down and really be free. Yeah, I can let my hair down. Yeah. What kind of uh, footwear are you wearing uh, while skateboarding? Dude, I'm really happy that you brought this up. I was actually going to – this was one thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> because uh, I, I, before doing this podcast, because I'm hopefully going to go skate after, mm-hmm. I put on five different pairs of shoes. <laughs> you mean you mean you were testing, you just couldn't make a decision? Couldn't decide. Was this, well, was this like a fashion reason or is this like fact. a – Fashion, fashion reason fashion. only, not performance based. Let yeah. have you made a decision, or do you want Jason to help you? No, well, so I decided to go with some red suede uh, bands. That's, uh, they're called the Era. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm I'm familiar with the Era, but the the suede model would be like an LX, I would think. Yeah, these are a little bit nicer. They're for, made for skating, so they're like they have better insoles and they, stuff. They have the the good technology on the inside, so you don't you know your heels aren't crushed. Totally. Yeah, because yeah, vans are, you know, they're the coolest looking, but they're not the best for your feet. You got that right. The best for my feet are probably Converse. Because they have that Nike, they got that Nike technology, baby. Yeah, man. But uh, I don't feel comfortable skating in anything that isn't vans. It's just. So you don't wear Osiris. Oh, I did. I bet you did. In fact, if y'all want it, I got something for you. If you want to look into the screen. Oh uh, yeah, sure. Please, I will. Damn. I'll, I'll let people know what's going on. Did Virgil send him a, a version three of the Louis Vuitton? Yeah! Wow! Oh, shit! Those are crispy as hell, too. Are those unworn? Yeah. Did you buy those to, to wear for fun or to skate in, or you just bought them because they're funny? Uh, so I did a my comedy special uh, that came out, or we filmed it last. Sorry, we filmed it last summer. In it, there is a joke where I say I'm an angry skateboarder with thick bangs and Osiris D3s, and I'm I'm talking about when I was a kid. Um, yeah. So I in in the behind me I project uh, this video that I found from a long time ago of some guy walking around and he's like really proud of his D3s. Uh, Rightfully so. I, I I couldn't get the rights to that video. So I just found some brand new Osiris C3s and just filmed my feet walking <laughs> uh, and then projected that. And I was able to get the rights. Osiris was down with that. But like, anyway. So Damn, I didn't, I didn't realize you would have to get rights to show a pair of shoes you bought on TV. Uh, you, well, it's the logo, like that big. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. 
Yeah. I guess HB- HBO Max, I figured, you know, HBO Max handles that for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, this was before HBO Max. I'm 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 old school HBO at this point. That's mm. even better because I was saying, you know, I hate Netflix. So I was really happy that your special is on HBO, a premium network, not that little budget Netflix shit. A legacy Thanks, network. Man. Legacy. Thanks, yeah. Home Lately, box I've been office. I'm really desperate to like remain relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been been sort of bummed out because i had this whole tour planned and stuff and i had to cancel it and i'm like shit i thought that this was like my big moment mm-hmm. whatever i'll just promote my special as much as i can and so anytime i have a tweet on twitter that does well mm-hmm. i um comment if you like this tweet go how, how can i get you to watch my comedy special and then most of the time People respond, uh, put it on Netflix. (laughs) 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 I'm always like, oh, touche. Damn, that's pretty funny. It is I tough. Mean, I mean, it, it used to be that HBO was the the creme de la creme for having having your comedy special on there, and now you know Netflix. It, it's just kind of like it's like Amazon. It's just easier. Everyone has it, and it's yeah. It's it's kind of stupid and maybe not the best, but it really is just the way that we all do it now. Yeah, everybody's got it. I, I still think HBO puts out less stuff but probably more quality but like every everybody's got netflix yeah i mean i think down the road you know you'll be you'll be grateful for the fact that you you had an hbo special thanks man i think so too i sure as hell hope so did you uh were you like a comedy head growing up or were you just like into skating and music and then found found comedy later i was into skating and music and and i really liked films like Mm. i would go like seek out whatever uh you know like as a kid it would be like the new wes anderson movie or something like that mm-hmm. but uh but really like and then i liked blink 182 so much and they were sort of comedy adjacent and, and then jackass too so that that was like my my comedy as a kid um and then my buddy clay got really into todd berry and um mm-hmm. dimitri martin and and the and all, all senior, senior and junior year of high school, and then Zach Galifianakis, and then like that was my introduction into stand-up. Interesting, like the comedians of comedy on um, Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. Where did you Stella and stuff like that? Where did you go to shows? Like, what city did you see shows in? Music or comedy or whatever? I never saw a stand-up show till L.A., but I would go to Pensacola, Florida, and then yeah. uh, Birmingham and Atlanta to see shows. Wow, I wonder if we crossed paths. I wonder if we were at the same, you know. What kind of music did you like? Probably all the same shit you like, bro. Well, did you ever go to see Bright Eyes or The Faint or? <laughs> yes, definitely. 100% definitely <laughs> saw that. I probably saw that three times in my you, life. I would go to the Masquerade in Atlanta. Yeah, I used to manage a band called Cartel. Oh, um, my God. That, that. <laughs> Don't mind what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> they, me and my buddies are always singing that song. Wow, thank you. I don't see a dollar from that. Uh, they, um, <laughs> they, but but we had a long-standing relationship with the Masquerade. That was like a, a place that I mean, I went there growing up, but then also like professionally, we had this relationship. So you know, they've they've turned that into now offices, which is so strange. I just oh, noticed. Weird. It's very weird. And they move the venue, but it's not the same. But I saw a lot of like pretty legendary stuff. I there. feel like even I've been there. You have. It's like it was there forever. And it was owned. The funny thing about that place is it's owned by this weird like band called the Impotent Sea Snakes <laughs> that are that are kind of like a guar light. 
Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Very Never weird. saw them. You would think but that Whitmer a- would, would be familiar with this band. It's that, too bad. That does seem like something he'd be into. I agree. <laughs> I didn't. Poor Pensacola. Life. I went to Pensacola a lot, too, actually. That was like a, they had their, they had a little scene going on there. They did. Yeah. I, that was my scene. That was where my band would play. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, we didn't know you were, uh, go ahead. What was the band called? Oh, we were called Say Your Last. Um, How, (laughs) how screamo was it? Yeah. It was really screamo at first. Really like spoken word kind of. Yes. Singy, Mm -hmm. screamy. Loud, loud, fast, like spoken word. Yeah, it would be like, um, it would be like. Uh, I stared at your broken eyes as the wind blew your hair behind your face, and I thought to myself, "Why are you walking?" <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Just like, yeah, uh, I do know exactly what you mean. Actually, the ashes of her September never left my mind. <laughs> and then trying to sing, like suddenly belting out, like. <laughs> You're ungrateful. <laughs> but just not like I never would be like got to warm up to sing, and then I'd be screaming, and then I don't think I ever once sang in key live as a kid, like as a teenager. <laughs> well, I you mean, didn't even not, know what it was to do it. Yeah, I don't think not, I did. That's not a priority at that. I stage. mean, that no. that is a very specific style of music, and and all and no offense, but that is sort of when I stopped listening to that that type of music. That was a little tough for me, but only because I'm a little older than you. Yeah, yeah can man. I can I ask you who the leader of that genre for you would have been? Like, what what is that? What are the real the, the innovators of that style for you? Well, being from the south, so you know, it was like. It all ha- hit at once, but, but you know, for us, it was pop punk. It was it was like regular punk. Then Blink One Eighty Two came, and you know, fuck the game up. Fuck, fuck the, the whole game, game up. up. But I I <laughs> love Blink One Eighty Two, and so like from sure. there though, it shifted for me into Saves the Day and mm-hmm. cooler bands. Like, uh, and then um, it evolved to be more like I got really just into mosh kind of. In, you know, like Norma Jean and all these like Christian, uh, Christian oh. hardcore. All right. Yeah, well, Whitmer, right. thanks for coming on the podcast. It's great <laughs> having you. Um, Sorry, man. <laughs> under oath. We have under an embargo oath. on Zayo on this podcast. No, Zayo was so, good. Zayo was good. No, they're not good, guys. Remember, um, Zayo and uh, Zayo, the first time I ever heard Zayo, I remember it because I, I got chills. <laughs> 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 it that was splinter shards the birth of separation the very first <laughs> that was that was the lord moving through your blood that has nothing yeah. to do with brother Zaya. you They're- never forget your first zeo i'll tell you what wow cool i'm happy y'all know about all this stuff i mean i guess that is that is I, I that stuff does feel very southern to me even though i'm not sure if it is well i know that like i mean norma jean was, was from atlanta yeah, and then. Um, but let me explain something to you. As a, as an Atlanta OG, Norma Jean got no respect. Okay. Because that was like Atlanta was very anti-Christian. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, we uh, were not at all, but we would always have to play at churches, and we were like, yes, big, uh, we we're in fact, I'd say the opposite of Christian. Did you tour? Yeah, we toured a lot. Oh, so this <laughs> is like pretty real. You put, what, were you on a label and everything? We never right when we got an opportunity to sign to sign in quotes, I guess, with this <laughs> we we had recorded our track to be on this compilation 
album from this record label that was getting started in central Florida and like Opelika, Florida or something like that. Yes. Called Stab Here Records. (laughs) 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 So we recorded our 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 song for that compilation and it was really exciting because they were like we, we have a deal at best buy and all this stuff and we played their festival and at which was held at a skate park and uh sounds great so far but yeah and we toured it was great but then what happened is everybody got cool except for our, our drummer so like this was you know the height of at this point we were more of like a mosh band just like really heavy into breakdowns and two-stepping and, and shit and not really any singing anymore mm-hmm. but then everybody got cool like all and uh this is only something that i just recently realized with all of my buddies um who a lot of them live in la now but uh we all got like i got more into like saddle creek records and shit like that and uh i can and, tell that by your look actually Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can tell you're a, you're you're a Saddle Creek Saddle disciple. Boy. Yeah, I loved it. It really that changed the game for me. Um, so when you my, say they all got cool, what do you what exactly do you mean by that? We just got out of us. We weren't. We we're no longer seen. We we just kind of developed. Started to develop our own kind of individual thing that wasn't based on like mm-hmm. what the older kids in the scene and the bands were doing. We I guess like we got faster internet really is what happened. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> like I got into Elliot Smith and Bright Eyes and The Cure and then my buddy Clay, who was also in the band, got really into like pavement and built to spill and stuff. Damn, and you guys did glow up. I, lo- I love where this is going. So everyone yeah. went in their own direction and then that kind of... Well, so like our drummer, we were all 17 when our band broke up. And this was, you know, we had just gotten this opportunity with this record label but we didn't care. We had toured all through high school and we were totally over it. Like <laughs> just so over it having to tour and play shows to nobody or open for some Christian band called this day will burn, <laughs> <laughs> which is the truth. <laughs> and then, um, and getting, getting paid $40. Yeah. Being forced to pray before a show. <laughs> we were just Shit. so over it. But our drummer was 23 and, uh, he was like super scened out, like really loved it. But mm-hmm. all of the were 17. And one day we were about to have to go to band practice and we were all looking at each other. We were dr- driving away from high school and our drummer was waiting for us at the rehearsal space. And we looked at each other like, what do you want to didn't have band practice? And we we're like, oh, I'd go skate or like, oh, I'd go see a movie in, in Mobile or something like that. And then we all just were kind of like, do you guys not want to be in the band anymore? <laughs> and we were like, yes, we can do that. We can just not be in the band. And we're like, yeah. So we call our drummer who's waiting for us. He's 23. <laughs> <laughs> and we just got an opportunity to sign to this little label. And we call him. We go, hey, man, we all quit. <laughs> <laughs> and so we all quit the band. And then a bunch of us move out to L.A. Now me and my buddy Clay, who... We're, we're like writing partners together. And then my other other buddy, Jeremy, he owns a business out here uh, that he, he like supplies canvas for artists. He's doing, doing, doing well and stuff. Um, we, we, we like went on to go to Hollywood and like find our dreams and figure it out. And, mm-hmm. and our drummer, he, he hanged back. <laughs> I'm realizing this. Like, like, he hung back. He hung back. Like, he just laid low. Like in that moment, like 
Strips him away from everything, like all of his. That was his future. Like <laughs> we fucked him over so bad. <laughs> what is he doing now? Which piece of place does he work at? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we still talk. Like, really, the truth is, is he moved to Orlando and started doing stand up there, and that's how he got me to do stand up. But now he lives back in Alabama, and I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what he's up to, but yeah. It's crazy how life works out like that. But I'm glad that you came to Tinseltown and made it, though. Welcome to Hollywood, baby. It was Thanks, meant to be. Guys. Thanks, It was meant all. to be. I don't Thanks. live here, but I'm on the welcoming committee. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing we figured out. Uh, I appreciate it. Whitmer, when, when I was watching your special um, a while ago, it seemed that you had some real, you know, some, some good, honest-to-goodness hometown pride. Has that, uh, has that changed as... Um, as the last few months have gone by, or are you still proud to yeah. call yourself a, a Floribamian? I'm proud to be from Alabama. Mm-hmm. It's it's really in honestly. When I was filming my special, it was like for those of the for whoever you know. It's like the special it has a lot of documentary elements to it, and there's like you know it was really hard to to not film all of the Trump. Mm-hmm. paraphernalia and all of the crazy confederate flags it was like we were trying really hard to kind of represent the nostalgic version of my hometown that i had i have like because it used to not be so conservative in that mm-hmm. kind of way it was when i was a kid it was mostly like hippy dippy black sheep people from the south would move there to get away from their overbearing families or they got a divorce and they would it was kind of a place where runaways would go to raise their family all the, all the chillers would go to yeah but then really the oil spill happened in 2009 or 10 and um it kind of in, in, in a similar way to the pandemic now it, it kind of like it brought out everybody's true colors like do we hold off on tourism for a second and rebuild the environment mm-hmm. or do we say fuck it and just keep selling keep buying avoid, <laughs> ignore it bury it and I think it, it brought out like some unevilness to it, it brought more evil from the rest of the South to, to kind of this little chill island town. And then Donald Trump has been elected. And so everybody just is kind of like, cool, I can be lazy. and I don't have to care about the world. And now with the pandemic, I mean, everybody's just, you know, it's getting bad. Like my brother just got a promotion at his job because everybody in the entire office got COVID. Yes. And where does yeah. he live? Does he live there? Yeah, he lives there. He just moved there, back home. So, like, he he was looking for a job, and they were like, we only have one job to offer you, and it's a big one. And he was like, oh, shit, all right. Wow. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I've, I've experienced a little bit of a similar situation. From? I'm from Orange County, California. Okay. So, yeah. a lot of similar vibe used to be, like, kind of a, a sleepy, cool town where, you know, some long hair bros would live and they just care about burritos and surfing and stuff. And now, the same vibe. And I always really yearn for that nostalgic version of, of it from my childhood to when it was a really a special place before it got fucked up. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I still have hope, but it's just going to take... I think it's going to take people being starting to become concerned with the environment, at least in my hometown. Mm-hmm. And then once people start to become aware of that, hopefully they'll do the other research. But Yeah, I guess well, think, for dude? a place like that with, you know, if, if the environment itself is fucked up, then 
you know, there's the tourism the is kind of screwed up. Right. Yeah. I'm assuming. Did you, never been there. do you go back? Do you, you hadn't been back in a long time, right? Um, I hadn't been back to that capacity. Usually when I had come back recently, it had been just for a couple of days and I didn't really leave my, uh, where my dad lives, which is not even in Gulf Shores. And so I, uh, yeah, that, that was the longest I had been back and that was the most I had seen people really. Um, but yeah, I used to go back every twice a year and I would always do a show. Um, but then I, I kind of found as I got like past my mid twenties and I still wasn't like doing anything in my career, it, it became more depressing for everybody to go from my hometown to go <laughs> watch me do comedy. They'd be like, eh, he's still doing something. <laughs> Sure. Sure. I mean, I, I understand that. I mean, I think that is it so going back is normal, but that how long were you there when you shot the like, were you there for a couple of weeks? No, we were there for a month. Oh shit. You were there for a month. Okay. That's a long time. Yeah, man. We were, cause we shot all this documentary shit and we really didn't know. I mean, we shot so much stuff. Like the first cut of my comedy special was two hours long. So, and now yeah. it's an hour. So, I mean, it was like, and honestly, most of what we used was two days worth of footage out of the whole month. It's wild. Was it, has it been hard for you to, um, to deal with, you know, having releasing this big special and then, you know, having to stop your career sort of because of this? How, how have you been handling that? It's been, a, it's been hard. It was, you know, I had a whole tour planned. I was excited. You know, I've always like struggled financially and then also just trying to get people to be aware of me to buy tickets to shit and then mm -hmm. with the special is exciting because i was like wow i finally get to maybe sell tickets people are yeah aware yeah, and i mean we you use that you you got you get a, an hbo hour or a netflix hour or whatever and then you kind of that's how you springboard yourself to the next level as a comedian usually and Right. And now it, it definitely feels like people have moved on from that. Like nowadays, if I tweet like, hey, check out this joke that HBO posted on YouTube, it's like a like, you know, people are like, whatever, man, there's other things going on. So I feel like I feel like maybe it's an opportunity for me to to really think about a comedy special that isn't so much a, a documentary it's more i you know like i'm trying now to just figure out like the best next hour that i can so that if i have to rebuild my entire audience mm -hmm. uh it'll be with something good yeah but i think that what you yeah, but i think what you did is like pretty interesting and goes beyond like comedy you know what i mean which is which is probably i imagine perception's been pretty good partly for that reason Oh, yeah, dude. The reception is, I mean, I'd never experienced anything like that. People were so supportive and so cool. And so I got so many great messages from people who had kind of had a similar experience and similar upbringing or, uh, you know. And yeah, you should explain. I guess we should talk about your mom and like how that plays into the story uh, yeah, for, for my, people that don't know. For everyone that doesn't know, what they, what happened is my mom died when I was uh uh, just barely an adult and um, she drank herself to death and she was a musician who had came really close a bunch of different times in her life to kind of 
properly making it, I guess, is what like a big record deal or something like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of grew up watching her struggle and then she became this the house band at this bar in Alabama called the Floor Bama, which is a kind of like really popular, famous bar down there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so then now I'm 30 when I was shooting it and I am sort of floundering and flailing in my own career and I just kind of couldn't um, stop making parallels to uh, my own career and hers. And my mom would always call me the golden one as a kid and she would say, like, you're kind of the one who's going to figure out how to make it in the arts and and so uh, it was just kind of I, I me, it's me spinning out. And you, <laughs> if you watch it, I you know I go home. I talk to my mom's sister, who's her identical twin sister, who they were in the band together. And I talk to my dad. I talk to all, all these people who, you know, I had kind of a weird um, childhood in a way, like a lot of estranged people in my life. And so. Um, it's kind of me going back home and reckoning with that. And I, I perform at the Florbama where my mom would always perform to all of my mom's friends and fans. So it was it's crazy, really man. weird. No, it's crazy. I mean, I think it, that's what I mean. That, to me, that goes so far beyond comedy. It's like a, it's a totally different story where comedy is like a portion of it. I feel like yeah. what, well, after, after you completed that whole story, I mean, do you, do you kind of feel like, and anything else in your career seems easier or or somewhat like you you kind of tackled or you had your first special sort of be you know the the piece de resistance if you will or like the type of thing that somebody would make maybe at the end of their career like a, a big introspective thing where you tie it all together and you kind of did that first so i feel like you know anything after that i don't know if it, it'll be easier but well the the good news is for me is i don't know if i'll ever make something as far as my goes, that's that personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's off the table completely. It's yeah. like from here on out, I just get to be a comedian and I get to talk, obviously talk about my own life and trauma and whatever. Mm-hmm. But the main goal for me is to bring joy and to explore my own life and whatever my own anxieties. But I just want like, total joy mm-hmm. i don't ever want to film another stand-up special where i'm telling a joke about someone and that person i'm is i'm looking at them you know what i mean like <laughs> I, I there i dude i was watching you know, i was going through youtube because i'm trying to like make a youtube channel to because i i just need something to work on right we're gonna now, get so. into that don't worry oh sick so i was going through my youtube and i found like all these videos of me for HBO, like doing my hour, and I was just watching, like sending to send this hour out to people to see if I could get a special out of it. And I'm so much funnier than I am in these videos because I'm doing it in LA or New York or Chicago or Portland, like where I'm not having to be telling a story about a place while also being in that place. Like, mm. So when I look at me in the Golden One special, I'm like, oh, dude, I am not. I am so in the moment that I'm having a hard time remembering my jokes. Like, Damn. it's pretty wild. For me, it's like embarrassing to watch. Yeah, I guess part of uh, the fun of moving to L.A. and New York is being able to talk shit on the rest of the world without them knowing. <laughs> and that's taken away. 
Well, that's one thing I'll say about one thing I I love about where I'm from is I've always in my comedy made fun of them, like made fun of Alabamians and they laugh harder than Mm -hmm. anywhere. Like I even do it. I do a song called Dumb in Love, which is about how like I wish I was a fucking idiot because I'd be a lot happier. And I talk about like I wish I could fuck like I'm not registered to vote and all this kind of shit. And and the Alabamians laugh. A lot. At first, they always clap in the beginning because they're like, yeah, because I'm like, I don't want to be a anarchist. I just want someone sweet to kiss. And they're like, yeah. And it's like, I'm just saying all this stuff I don't want to be. And then they hear, I just wish I, I wish I was a stupid asshole idiot bitch. And then <laughs> like, well, hey, I thought this was what? And, but then I still laugh at it. It, it kind of feels like a, a little energy of like when Borat does those songs the fake songs playing for for the right. audience and they actually end up liking it and clapping along. Yeah, totally. When did you how how did you decide to start integrating the music? Uh so I had recorded an album of sincere music just like I'd always written music when I first moved to LA I was in a band before I started doing stand up and and then uh I had just had all these songs that I sort of my stand up stuff sort of distracted me from making music and so I got a pal to record them and I was just listening back to them and I just felt like totally embarrassed by it and I keep that's like a through line for all of this whole <laughs> yeah I, can, I was like, gonna say the embarrassment thing really keeps coming up yeah dude just so absolutely because it's like very it was just vulnerable and so sincere and like earnest and it's like mm-hmm. kind of cringy in a way and so like I was just listening back to all the music and just thinking, like, this is fucking cheesy. Like, what am I talking about here? Like, ugh. And uh, at that same time, my agents dropped me. And I had been trying really hard to do um, stand-up on, like, Conan or something. And I, because I no longer had that anymore, like, someone trying to push for me to get on Conan and submitting, the way it works is you just keep submitting five-minute tapes until they hopefully say all right, this is the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, started to jokingly go and take that, those demos that I had recorded with my friend um, onto stage and sing them, but I would change the lyrics to be like, if I was singing a song about like how I miss my dead mom, I would, I would change it to be more like, oh, I would just say like, I miss my dead mom or something like that. You know what I mean? Kind of take out the metaphor. <laughs> sure. Sure. And then, live and direct. Just live and direct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it started with this song called Party to Death that I sing. And like, and then I just found that it was really fun. It was like fun to do bits and jokes and tell stories that were maybe sometimes sad or whatever, but then sing a song that kind of doubled down on all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So, it kind of that's where everything co- sort of came together. I'd already been doing my like show called The Golden One, but then when I added music to it is where I felt like it started to make more sense. Daddy comes alive. Who right. who do you have in your life that that kind of helps push you through, you know, these situations where you might be feeling embarrassed to to put some of this stuff out? Uh my girlfriend Mitra Jahari is her name. Mm-hmm. Uh she is like uh just encouraging and cool to me with all this kind of shit. Um, That's great. And all of her friends and stuff, you know. And then I have other my other pal, Anna, Sarah Gina. And, um, yeah, I mean, 
it's difficult. I, I don't know. I hope that there's a moment in my life where I am finally just like at peace with it. But no matter what I do, I always feel ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think every, you know, with everything that you put out there, it has to get a little bit easier or more comfortable, but you might have a longer road than, than other people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, any growth is positive growth. Well, what, um, you know, how has your relationship been affected during this, during our quarantine going on? Are you guys, is there anything that we can learn from you two? Uh, we're moving in together. So I think it's been good. It's like, oh, congrats. I think we kind of, thanks. I think, um, if anything, we sort of learned how to give each other more space. Mm. Like we don't need to be around each other all the time. Like I think we found that out, I guess at the beginning of May or end of May. Yeah. Just like, and, and do, yeah. you, do you schedule that type of time apart or does it just happen kind of organically? Not really. It just kind of happens organically. Like if basically if any of us have either of us have anything to do the next morning, then we just don't like <laughs> we don't stay at night. Oh, she's I we go back and forth between our places and like mm-hmm. and then. Yeah. So she's so busy you- though, man. She's like works two jobs and. Mm-hmm. Bro, yeah. you skate every day. Don't like, don't. I know, I know, I know. I'm like, well, that's a your great way to. Is getting in the way of my skating. <laughs> don't discount that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's your version of playing golf, I guess. Right. Gotta um, get into golf. You, um, you know, so since since comedians are not able to do any live shows, obviously that's that's hurting things, and and. So you you kind of seem like a very creative person. What are what are you doing? I know you mentioned the YouTube channel. Like what what are some ideas that you have for for getting out there and and you know sharing your comedy with the world? I'm all about that YouTube. So I tried TikTok. <laughs> People don't like me on there, man. I, I posted a fake video of me making something called a burger dog, which I I know I didn't make up, but I say in the video, I made this up. This is something I invented, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's meant to, it's part of a larger video that's on YouTube of like, uh, whatever. I'm just cooking in it. It's like a workout video. The video is a 30 day fitness challenge video. Yeah. And it includes fitness as well as health and diet. And in in the video, I am on a all protein only diet. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I make a burger dog, which is just, I don't even break up the ground beef out of the package. I just toss it into a pan and cook it and then put it on hot dog buns. So like when you get, when you get ground beef in the store, it's in like the plastic tray with the wrap on it. And then you just take that and dump it straight into the pan in that kind of rectangle shape. Yeah. Do you put and, salt uh, on it? No, I didn't. Well, for the video, I didn't put anything on it. I maybe put some butter on it so it wouldn't stick to a pan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, yeah. And people so are I like, this that, is bullshit, man. This isn't well, even all protein. Well, on Instagram, people are like, ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. And on YouTube, people are like, ha, ha, ha. We get it. You're making a joke. Uh-huh. TikTok, no, no, no. They think <laughs> it's like, it's so worth checking out the TikTok comments because everybody goes, bruh. No seasoning? <laughs> Bruh, that cheese isn't even melted. Bruh. <laughs> bruh. Yeah, nah, bruh. I'm good. It's all shit. <laughs> and I don't know what that says about TikTok, but... It just sounds like a generational difference to me. It sounds like a, a younger crowd. 
Yeah, for sure. Younger who like, I don't know what is <laughs> technically funny on TikTok except for like little kids doing funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like an animal doing something that they're not supposed to be doing, whatever. That's funny, but like human human based comedy on TikTok is 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 very it's, like low level intelligence for me. It's like pranks that are not actually pranks. You know, it's like very obvious that both people on both sides are, are in on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, the dancing stuff isn't funny, really. Right. Now, that's impressive, though. It's just cool. yeah. I mean, that's skill based, but it's not funny. That's not the point, though. I guess. Yeah. And then there's like dudes, like e boys, making girls horny. <laughs> I feel like you could. I feel like maybe you could do an e boy thing, and that would work for you. Yeah, I was thinking about really. I have a wig that is e boy, kind of adjacent. So I was thinking maybe I could do like a just a full on e boy. My TikTok is exclusive to me being an e boy. That'd be pretty cool. What, actually, what, is, you what just makes paint your a, fingernails? What makes a a, a wig e boy style? It's like Devin Sawa haircut. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really cool. Actually, I really like this for you. I think you it's might a good need pivot. A, you might need a pseudonym, though, you know? Yeah, maybe Woody T. <laughs> Woody <laughs> T? Woody T doesn't sound like an e-boy. Woody T sounds like a bartender in Florida, Bama. Oh, yeah, you're right. Damn. I want you to be named Charlie, but with a Y or something like that, you know? Yeah, All that right. could work for sure, for sure. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It sounds like you've been sitting on witty tea for a while though, and you're anxious to use it. Well, witty tea is a fake YouTuber character. I already did. So I thought maybe I could just transition that into, have y'all ever watched those YouTube like t-shirt reviews where it's like, it's usually British guys who are like, today I'm going to teach you how to find the perfect white t-shirt. And it's just like some super handsome guy trying on a bunch of, and he goes, I got this from H&M, from H&M. It was six, it was six pounds. <laughs> and it's just like an, a long excuse for them to take off and put on different shirts. Yeah. And the, the same guy does a, how to take the perfect photo for Instagram. What you want to do is go ahead and get yourself a nice Nikon digital camera. And make sure, and, he goes, he goes, find a perfect place with a plain background and use depth of field. I love depth of field. <laughs> and he goes, uh, he goes, my favorite part about my new camera is adjusting the camera's iOS settings. He says iOS instead of ISO. <laughs> Damn, that sounds good. Dude, you got to watch this guy. That sounds really good. I didn't know you were so well versed in YouTube. Well, like. The 30-day challenge video I made is like a parody of YouTube videos. And then uh, me and my buddy Kaylee have also made like a parody of a YouTuber before. So we've done a ton of research watching all these YouTubers. Yeah, there's there's a lot of YouTube 30-day challenges and things yeah. like that going on. And I love watching those things, man. Have I'll you ever any done any of those, like real, actually done those? I've, I've done a few things like that. No, I mean, I, I've started intermittent fasting since the Hell quarantine. Yeah. Just so I don't like eat a bunch of bullshit all the time, but uh, no, I've never really done anything like that. What's your What's your fasting time frame that you're eating? Noon to eight. Mm, classic. Yeah, classic. Are That's you, the OG. You getting fat? You losing weight? What's going on with it? I'm staying the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes maintenance is key, bro. It's not. Let's not put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Yeah, when Thanks, I man. when I was watching the 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 thirty day body challenge video you were you were kind of talking about how 
you can have uh, the mentality of being able to eat even worse food once you start right. working out. And that's, that's yeah. a real thing. It is, yeah. That, I mean, that's probably what I would do when I was younger. I think I would eat whatever I wanted all the time because I was like, oh, I did. I lifted a weight today. But mm-hmm. nowadays, it's very different. Very different. What's the workout looking like for you? Uh, in real life? Yeah. Uh, in yeah, real life, yeah. I ride a stationary bike for 20 minutes and then I lift weights for like 10 minutes. And that's it. And then I try to skate a couple times a week. It's good. It's not not bad. Not bad. I watch Batman the animated series while I do it. Okay, well that every takes day? away from it a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> you watch it every day over and over again? Uh no, a new episode every day. There's like oh. 300 episodes, so Honey, I'm So you, you like you use that as your as your timer? Yeah, I do. Uh, I see. Interesting method. Any port in the storm, brother. Yeah, what do y'all do? You don't want to know. Okay. Uh, tennis. I, I yeah. We we play tennis together. We do some. He he works out a lot more. He runs a lot. That's a big thing of his. I'm I'm more of a bicycle man myself. Cool. Cool. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> I saw that um that the satellite closed down where you guys used to do shows all the time. Yeah, it's crazy. What do you um you know what do you think is going to happen with with live music and, and comedy venues? Dude, I don't know, man. I think like we need the world to sign a petition or something saying we're just comfortable paying thirty dollars a show for mm-hmm. a year or something like that. I know that people will want to go to shows. I don't. I don't think people will be scared. I agree with go. you on that. I, I think they're going to be freaks that like stay at home for the rest of their lives. But overall, yeah. people are chomping at the bit to get out there. Yeah, dude. If if uh, you know, I am, and I I'm pretty. I go follow the rules pretty well. But like, mm-hmm. you do seem and, like a you seem like a pussy. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a total COVID pussy. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good like. Uh, you know, people will talk a lot about the restaurant world about how they just have to be okay. Everyone has to be okay with the fact that like you're gonna have to pay more money and it's gonna be become like a luxury thing that you don't do all the time and and live well, music and and comedy and it's the know, same shit with fucking same. COVID with the lockdown and shit. It's like just okay for the next year, everything is twice as expensive. Mm-hmm. It, it's the same shit with like lockdown. If everybody would have locked down. If it was like, you know, ordered by Trump to, you know, stay inside for two months, we wouldn't have a pandemic right now. We'd be fine. But like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just people just need to accept it. Like, well, I'm sick of you stamping on my rights, brother. You're right. You know, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. No one can tell me. What are we gonna do about it? Fuck masks. <laughs> yeah, masks are annoying because they're hot. That's <laughs> number one. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, what kind of mask do you rock? I'm doing this just classic surgical paper. So that's, mask. that's the only one that I can co-sign. Yeah. I don't yeah, like I personality. I don't cloth. like personality yeah. via mask. Same. It's good for breathability. The best breathability going on is, yeah, you gotta have that paper if you want to breathe. Yeah. Damn. That's true. That's the commentary on society. You're right. You gotta be rich to breathe. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Whitmer, what, what's, what part of LA do you live in? I live in Highland Park. Okay. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> What's going on? Oh. Norma Jean now Highland Park. Oh, you're killing me, man! God. Highland Park is the Norma Jean of of LA neighborhoods. LA neighborhoods. We all know that. 
It's true. No. What's Cartel doing? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, not much. Um, they they've disbanded, but I feel like you know uh, they did it. They did the Warp Tour cruise, uh, which I'm sad to say I didn't go on. Um, when was the Warp Tour cruise? Jesus. I wanted to pitch a story about it where like I go reunite with them on this cruise. You know what I mean? But um, that's cool. I don't know when it was. A couple years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Damn. Um, I know they got paid a pretty nice sum of money to reunite for some fan's wedding. Whoa. Which is funny. But other than that, I don't really know. I mean, I keep in touch with some of them, but I mean, they're all still like what the one I, Kevin, the drummer, I keep in touch with the most is he owns bars in Nashville. He's not in the music business at all anymore. Okay. Do you, do you, were you uh, working with them when they did that MTV album in a bubble thing? <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, yep. <laughs> that was prime time for him. I am on it. Yeah, we orchestrated that whole idea. Um, Whoa. Well, I mean, it was a previous. It was a show that existed. So, like, yeah. in Australia, which doesn't really count. Um, but right. uh, it ruined their career. Um, but Why? We really, mm, because people thought the album was actually recorded in the bubble when it was all fake. So they judged it accordingly. Oh shit! All right. Mm. So they so they were they were pretending that it was all recorded in the bubble, but it was actually just in a normal studio. Yeah, it was recorded the same way the first album everybody loved was, and and I don't, I mean I I actually think it held up better than I thought it, it did. Like at the time, I I was like, oh, this could have been better, but and it still I think could have, but overall I think it was judged unfairly because of the circumstances. Gotcha. But you know what? That bag hit had to do it. You know how it is. You're a Hollywood guy. You know? Yeah. When HBO true. when HBO calls, you answer the phone. You're damn straight, man. And <laughs> you you know? buy Buffalo Wings right away. That's what yeah, I Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, what did you spend your big fat check on? Vans. <laughs> <laughs> did I you buy some... any new cool musical gear? Oh, yeah. I just did. In fact, I, I got a... I got a new bass and a new nice mic, a new interface. Um, uh, it's all stuff that like I can write off, I think. But mm-hmm. and I got a car. My car was like, I drove my car down to uh, Alabama, and it was literally held together with tape. Like, um, so which Prius did you get? <laughs> I bought a Subaru Outback. Oh yeah, the, crun- the, the crunchy Prius. Right. Did you get a funky color or just regular? No, I got black. That's fine. I could see, I could see Whitmer pulling up in that Advil colored Subaru. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh yeah, that. I was just talking about that terrible color. Who, who wants that color? It must be cheaper. It's got to be cheaper. Yeah. I think about cars be. that are in terrible, terrible colors a lot because you know once you once you have it, they're really hard to get rid of because I assume they would be nobody would want to buy them on the secondary market. Yeah. It's the kind of shit that keeps me up at night, I guess. Right. Jason really tackles the important stuff when he's alone. <laughs> I do. Well, Whitmer, um, thank you so much for potting with us, buddy. Yeah, this was really fun. I feel like I want to interview y'all. Well, you let can, us know you when you start a us. podcast. I'm sure it's going to happen soon. <laughs> yeah, it actually already did happen. <laughs> um, okay. Well, is is there anywhere that you want people to check out? Any new vids or anything online that we should should look for? Go watch my comedy special on HBO, and if you don't got that, then just like look at for clips, and, uh, and then if if not, then look at my Instagram and comment all the nicest stuff on everything. And oh, and on YouTube, on my YouTube videos, because comments are important, apparently for the algorithm. Which, yeah. yeah, that's what I learned on 
watching how to be a YouTuber videos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, his uh, his his special on HBO really is 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 truly special. So I would recommend everyone watching that. Um, thanks, thanks Whitmer. Man. We appreciate it. Thanks, thanks y'all. We'll see you I'll soon. Talk to y'all soon. Later. Thanks.